Hi everyone, this is Dave from Geekanoids and welcome to Geek Out with Geekanoids for Friday 13th of February 2015. Now before I start this week's podcast, I want to answer a listener question. And I got a question from Mark via email. And Mark asks, do I walk around whilst recording the podcast? Because apparently he could hear some movement in one of the previous episodes. And the answer is... On occasion, yes I do. At the moment, for example, I am sitting down, but during this podcast I will get up and walk around and I just think it helps with the flow of my thought patterns whilst I'm recording. Now just a little bit of extra information, Mark didn't ask this, but I'm actually recording this on an iPhone 6 and I'm using a Rode SmartLav Plus. I think it produces good quality audio and allows me that freedom as well to walk around whilst I'm recording. So anyway, let's look back at the videos on the main Geek and Noise channel last week. Now, I published an Editor's Keys portable vocal booth giveaway. This is a limited edition portable vocal booth in a really nice orange finish. This has almost finished. The closing date is in just a couple of days' time from when this podcast is published. So if you're really quick, you might still stand a chance to enter. And it's simple as tweeting or liking a Facebook post. I also posted the Elgato Thunderbolt 2 dock review, a Rolex Submariner Hulk, Hulk is its nickname, so do check that out, and a superb Thecus 4-bay NAS, or Network Attached Storage Device. Now, I talk about NAS devices a lot. I absolutely love the fact that you can store your files in a central location, and then access them across multiple devices, be them uh, smartphones, laptops, desktops. It's just a really good way of storing your files. And in some cases, of course, a good backup solution as well. So I will leave links to all of these videos in the show notes for this podcast, so please do check them out. Now, coming up next week on the channel, we've got some superb speakers for your home cinema setup from SVS. I did mention this before, Uh, My scheduling was a little bit out on this video, but it will be up on the channel, so please do check that out. I've also got a budget-end smartphone, the Microsoft Lumia 435. Amazing how they bring in these smartphones at such low price points nowadays. When I compare the Lumia 435 to perhaps my first mobile phone, and this was back in the day when they weren't called smartphones. They were cell phones or mobile phones. No touchscreens, nothing like that. The Lumia 435 just has so many features and comes in at a lower price than I paid for my first mobile phone. And I also put the Kodak PixPro SP360 action camera to the test on the channel. This is a really different take on the action camera, has a 360 degree dome shaped lens, so please do check out how that performs. So the subject of this week's podcast is probably of interest to mainly content creators, but I think also of interest to viewers as well because it gives you an insight into my thought patterns that I go through when I'm producing a video. So the subject for this week is what makes a good video, or indeed more what makes a good video good quality. So we're looking at quality, not necessarily the content because I do believe overall content is king, It's no good having rubbish quality video and talking about really good stuff because if somebody can't see what you're doing and can't engage with it, 
then it's sort of not going to be very successful, not a very enjoyable watch. But certainly the content matter, what you're talking about, is very, very important. It has to be interesting and engaging. But the quality that goes alongside that and the production value of the video is equally as important. And the first thing I think you should be doing is to choose your camera wisely. So look at the budget you've got, i.e. how much money you're prepared to spend on a camera. And look at the features that the camera actually offers. Does it offer you the features that you really need? For example, if you're always recording things that are in front of the lens and you're gonna be behind the camera and not appearing in the videos, then it's not important to have an articulating screen. Now what an articulating screen is, is a screen that will actually flip out from the side of the camera and rotate round so it's front facing or flip up behind the camera again so that it's front facing. And if it's front facing, then that lends itself really nicely to if you're recording videos that you actually appearing yourself. So the videos that I appear in, a lot of the time, I actually feature in the videos. So I like to be able to see myself uh, and to make sure that the frame is right, to make sure that I remain in focus. So an articulating screen is very important. Now, if the camera doesn't have an articulating screen, but it does have an HDMI output, then it is a possibility to add an external screen, but then you're adding on extra expense. So do look for that feature if it's important to you. Also look at video resolution. Now, most cameras nowadays record in 1920 by 1080 or 1080p. Some of them still recording 1080i, which is an interlaced uh, recording format. Some of the cameras nowadays record in 4K resolution. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. It's also important to look at the frame rate. Now, you can get cameras that record in 1080p 24 frames per second, which gives a very sort of cinematic look to the video, or 35 frames per second, or in the UK, the equivalent is 25 frames per second, or 60 frames per second, which is a really high frame rate, or in the UK, the equivalent to that is 50 frames per second. Now, if you're recording in 50 frames per second or 60 frames per second, it gives your video footage a lot smoother and a lot more fluid look. It also allows you to actually slow down that footage. If you're exporting it at a slower frame rate, you can actually slow down your footage without too much degradation in video quality. So look at frame rate as well as resolution. And then look at other features as well. Things like, does the camera allow you to connect an external microphone? This is quite an important one. I think something you should really consider uh, a great deal when you're choosing your camera for video production. Most cameras, not all, but most cameras do not have very good quality built-in microphones and audio is very, very important to your video production. So the ability to connect an external microphone I think is uh, quite high up on my personal feature list when I'm looking at a new camera. And then you've got other features as well. Do you need interchangeable lenses? Do you need to be able to swap out a lens for something else to maybe do low light video? Do you need a long reach lens, so a big zoom lens? Are you recording videos on wildlife, for example? And you need that long reach because you can't get too close to some wild animals. So again, look at whether you can manage with a compact camera with a built-in lens 
or whether you'll, you'll need a lens that you can actually interchange the lenses to suit which, whatever you're recording at the time. Now, we've talked about sort of features when you're choosing your camera. The other thing you really need to consider is what type of camera you should be going for. And there are, say, four main categories. There's the compact camera, and that's something like a Canon PowerShot or a Canon Ixus camera. Uh, I use a Canon PowerShot G7X for my daily personal videos. Or you can get something like a Nikon Coolpix uh, or Olympus make a nice range of compact cameras, as do Fuji. As do Sony, I use the Sony RX100 for a long, long time. Very good compact camera. Now the advantages of a compact camera is that it's very small. Normally with the smaller compact cameras, you can easily fit them into a pocket. With all of them, you can easily fit them into a bag. They have a built-in lens, so you don't have to worry about changing lenses out. Normally, they have really good screens. Not all of them have viewfinders, something to consider if you're gonna use them in bright sunlight and you're not gonna be able to see the screen too well. And they're just nice portable devices. Some of the higher-end models, like the Canon G7X and the Sony RX100 Mark III, have really good built-in microphones as well, so you get good quality audio to accompany your video. And the latest compact cameras do record in 1080p, 60 frames per second. You can also get uh, a couple of compact cameras that record in 4K resolution. Uh, the models that spring to mind are the Panasonic LX100, and also, of course, you could consider a GoPro Hero 4 Black Edition that records in 4K if that's something you need. The other category of camera is a DSLR. This is a larger camera, uh, something like a Canon 70D, for example. And this has uh, the ability to swap out lenses. It also has a larger sensor, so it gathers more light works better in low light situations. And the ability to swap out lenses means obviously you can choose the best lens for what you're recording at the, that particular time. Now they are bulkier of course, you have to plan to take them out. If you're using them in a studio setting or an indoor setting, not an issue. And they do produce really good quality video. Now the other category, which is similar to a DSLR, is a mirrorless camera. These still allow you to swap out the lenses, but the bodies on these cameras are often smaller, more compact. Uh, for example, the very uh, latest new announcement from Olympus is the Olympus OMD EM5 Mark II. This is a mirrorless camera. It's got a micro four thirds lens mount. So again, you can swap out the lenses. You can attach an external microphone to this one as well. And it sort of gives you the best of both worlds. It's a a more compact offering, lighter to carry around. It wouldn't fit in your pocket, but it's not as big and as, it's certainly not as bulky as a full-size DSLR. And then last but not least, uh, something that people do overlook these days because the trend nowadays is to buy a photography camera or a photography-orientated camera and use that for video work. But of course, before that was possible, before compact cameras recorded video, before DSLRs recorded video, people used camcorders. And there are still some fantastic camcorders around today. A lot of viewers often contact me through the comments on my videos 
and ask what the best DSLR they can buy for video. I'm just starting out. I need a DSLR to do my videos. And I often say to them, DSLR does give you good quality, but there is an extra learning curve and there is extra work involved in getting good quality video out of a DSLR. You know, it's not instantaneous. You can't just pick it up and produce great quality video. You've also got the autofocus issues, which although they have improved on DSLRs, it still isn't as good as a camcorder when it comes to autofocus. So possibly, if you're just starting out, consider a camcorder. I started out with a compact camera and then moved to a camcorder. And for many years, I used the, used the Panasonic range of camcorders. Uh, the Panasonic SD90 springs to mind, which was a mid-range camcorder with an input for a microphone, and it produced fantastic quality video, and still does today. You know, that, that SD90 is still more than acceptable in quality terms for doing YouTube videos. So consider a camcorder. Again, camcorders record in 1080p up to 60 frames per second, and you can, of course, get camcorders that are consumer grade, not professional camcorders, that even record in 4K resolution. And they do a very good job. I know a couple of very popular YouTube channels that use the Sony AX100 to record their videos. And the video looks crisp, it looks clean, it looks very professional, and does a better job than many inexperienced users that are trying to produce video using a DSLR or a compact camera. Now, that's four different categories, compact, DSLR, mirrorless, and camcorders. Of course, if your budget won't allow you to purchase any of those, you've just got no budget to spend, then possibly look at your smartphone. You know, smartphones nowadays, again, recording up to 4K resolution when it comes to video. So if you've got a good quality smartphone, consider using that. So, don't wait until tomorrow to start producing. If you've got something to share online, then use the best equipment you've got today and start producing video. After all, I'll come back to what I originally said at the beginning of this section, and that is that content is king. Content is very important, very important indeed. Now, another thing to consider when you're looking at which camera to buy, and that is, is 4K the latest high resolution video format really necessary. Now I record with a Panasonic DMC GH4 and that is in 4K resolution, but I've been doing videos for a long time on YouTube and over my nine years of content creation, I really have sort of uh, improved my equipment as I've gone along. So 4K was an upgrade for me. The point I'm trying to make here is it isn't necessary to jump right in at 4K. Get a good 1080p solution first and master creating good quality video. And there's a couple of things that you need to consider uh, when creating good quality video. It's all well and good having the best equipment, the best lenses, and uh, sitting something down and recording it, but there are two considerations that really do make a big difference in the quality of your videos. And the first one is lighting. It's always important to throw a lot of lighting 
at your sub subject. Sometimes the more the better, don't overdo it obviously, but there are many options for actually putting good lighting into your videos. There are DIY options. You can buy things like builder inspection lights. These are like the yellow halogen lights. You have to be careful because they do get hot, but they're a nice cheap entry point into very bright lights. And then you can go into a shop like Ikea or any DIY store or any homeware store and buy regular lights. If you buy regular lights and then look online, places like Amazon or bulb specialists, you can then swap out the bulbs in the lights that you've purchased for daylight bulbs, which create a very nice, even white light on your subject matter. And then of course, as you progress, there are more professional options. You can move up to studio lights with soft boxes, or the lights I use are LED panels. So there are lots of options available. What I'm trying to just point out here is that lighting is a very key component to creating good quality video, and it's something that you shouldn't overlook. Now, the second important factor is audio, and this is very, very important. If your camera has crappy microphones, it will produce crappy audio, and bad audio accompanying your video is gonna be a turn off for viewers. They need to be able to hear you clearly. Uh, you need to not sort of hurt their eardrums when you're speaking, so don't have the audio level too loud. And it just makes for a better video production to have good quality audio. Now, if your camera has crappy microphones, then you need to either add an external microphone, of which there are many choices, uh, if your camera has a microphone input. If it doesn't have a microphone input, then there is another option. We'll talk about that in a short while. But when you're looking at microphones, there are probably, I would say, three main choices. You can get a plug-in lapel microphone. I'm using to record this podcast, a Rode SmartLav Plus. This plugs directly into my smartphone. It costs, I think, round about 30, 35 pounds and you can buy an adapter cable for it, which allows you to plug it into a input on a camera or a camcorder, which is an extra sort of five, six pounds, something like that. And it gives really good quality audio. It's uh, termed as a lapel microphone or a lav mic, and you can spend anything from sort of five or 10 pounds upwards for a good quality lapel microphone. It clips to your shirt or the clothing that you're wearing and gives you very good local audio, so close up to the subject matter that you're recording. And there are other options as well. You can get shotgun microphones. Again, Rode makes some fantastic microphones. Uh, or indeed, if you record your videos and then add the audio afterwards, you could purchase a USB microphone. Editor's Key sells a, a great range of microphones, the SL300, SL600, that plug into your USB port on your computer and then allow you to add audio afterwards. Not a good solution if you're recording somebody talking, because it would be quite hard to uh, sort of do that, but if you're adding voiceover on a video afterwards, then it is an option for you to consider. If you want to look at the Rode range, there's also the Rode NT USB microphone, so plenty of options out there. Now, I also said that if you haven't got a microphone input on your camera, there is another option available for you. 
and that's to buy an external audio recorder. And there are plenty to choose from on the market. Yeah, a very low price point, you've got something like the Zoom H1. The audio recorder that I really use a lot is the Sony PCM-M10. And these are little tiny uh, handheld recorders. Think of it like a dictaphone, but with higher quality microphones. And they record audio to memory cards. So what you would do is you would record your video with your smartphone or your compact camera or your DSLR or your camcorder. And as you push record on your camera, you would push record on your audio recorder. You would record your production. And then when you go to edit the video, you would actually import the audio track from your memory card that you've taken out of your audio recorder, synchronize the tracks, and then you would have good quality audio. Once you mute that audio track off of your camera, you would have good quality audio to accompany your video. So there are always ways around things and some really important considerations for you if you're starting to create content to share either on YouTube or some other video sharing platform. So I hope that's helped. That's the sort of things that I've looked at over the years of producing videos and something that I've really tried hard to focus on improving for my viewers. And I'm sure if you look back at some of the early Geekanoids videos on the Geekanoids channel, you'll see how things have improved in my production value over my nine years of producing content. So I hope that's helped you. It's given you a good insight into what you should consider if you're looking to create your own videos to share online. And uh, please do just sort of get in contact with me via Twitter at Geekanoids if you want to chat about what I've talked about in this podcast. So that's it for this week's Geek Out with Geekanoids. Thank you very much for listening. Please do come back again for another Geek Out with Geekanoids next week.